0: This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. I have a personal life hack that I use, and you're not going to be impressed by this at all. But um, you ever get those candles that you just can't light them because they're so far down the jar? Your hands are so big. You get the lighter. I don't. We never buy the barbecue lighters. We always buy you know the lighters and. And I, okay, you're looking at me like he's talking about candles. You can't light a candle because it's too burnt down. You know what I'm talking about? So you turn it upside down, you put your hand in, I get my hand stuck in there and then I can't flick the lighter. And I, and then my hand burns. So then I'm trying to get like a whole bunch of like that, is it butane or something in there? I create like a big cloud and then I light it and then there's explosions and I can't light candles. So did you know I take spaghetti sticks? If you take a spaghetti stick, uncooked spaghetti, that will light and I will light that and it becomes this huge candle And then I put it inside and light the other candle. That's free, by the way. You could go right now. It was worth your trip to church today. That is my life hack. Today we're talking about faith hacks. We're starting a series called Faith Hacks. And it's pulled from the book of Proverbs. I want to let you know today, uh, we believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. We believe this book is more than just a bestseller in every language. This is more than just a history book, though there is historic accuracies. And It can talk about uh, um, um, kingdoms and cities, and, 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 and it's been proven to be accurate. It's more than just poetry, though it is poetic. It's more than just a romance novel, though it is the greatest romance novel of how God loves us and what he's done to rescue us. We also believe this Bible is applicable today in your teenage years, in your young adult years, in your marriage, in your business, in your purity. Come on, somebody. I believe this Bible is actually truth that works today. The kids have a term called old school. We're going to go old school. I believe sometimes old school is the best school. And this Bible may be written 2,000 plus years ago, but it is applicable today. And we believe you pull some truths out of this. The reason why we're in a mess sometimes, the reason why some of us are going through some things, God says, listen, I gave you a manual for your life. God made you, and like any good creation, there is a manual. And we believe this is the manual for your life. If some of you feel like your life is broken down, you feel like your life is not reaching its potential, could it be possible? If you go back to the manual, God will show you why you're here and how we should live our lives. Can someone say amen? Amen. The book of Proverbs is really a book of wisdom. It was mostly written by a guy named Solomon, who was known as one of the, 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 the most wisest men in uh, creation. In fact, at one time, he said, God, give me wisdom. He didn't ask for finances. He didn't ask for fame. He asked for wisdom. As you track his life, the blessing of finances and, 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 and fame and influence all came out of the wisdom. I believe we need to be wise. Today, we're starting a series called Faith Hacks, and Billy Graham said this about the book of Proverbs. Billy Graham, the late Billy Graham, said, for a number of years, I made it a practice to read five psalms. Uh, five chapters of Psalms and one chapter of Proverbs a day. The Psalms teach us how to get along with God, but Proverbs teaches us how to get along with men. I believe that's so true. You just read Proverbs, you read one verse of Proverbs, like, you know what? That's enough for today. There's so much wisdom in here. For the next few weeks, we're going to pull this apart, pull out some, some topics and some areas of your life where we believe it will be some faith hacks, help your relationships, help your finances, help your marriage. Help your everyday life that you can use on Monday to Saturday. I believe this works all week long, not just Sunday. Can someone say Amen? And we believe something's gonna help you this week and help you in this series uh, to live the best life that you were made to live. A key verse for this whole series is first in Proverbs chapter four, verse five. Proverbs chapter four, verse five says this get wisdom and understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Can we leave that up, Jeremy? Get wisdom and understanding. You It's interesting. There's a difference between wisdom and understanding. Did you know that? Understanding is information. Wisdom is knowing when to use that information. I believe we're in a generation where we need both. We live in the information generation. We talk about this all the time. We've never had more information. If you realize this, like, you can Google anything. I, I'm never at a shortage of information. I can study, I can learn, I can, I can research. We have information. We, uh, understanding is information. Wisdom is how to apply that information you found. I remember growing up, we always had this saying, the information was, if you come in contact with a stranger, remember stranger danger? It was raise the knee and run. You remember that one? Or don't talk to strangers. Don't take candy from strangers. Don't talk to strangers. How many, learn, how many taught your kids that? Bad parents. No one in this room. Okay. How many have heard that? Like, don't talk to strangers, right? Like, do, do, don't, do not talk to strangers. Stranger danger. If someone comes to the house, do not answer the door if you don't know who they are. Stranger danger. That is understanding. That is great information. Wisdom is knowing when to use that. For example, our guest ministry lobby team at our church. Wisdom would tell you, don't use that information on Sunday mornings. You walk in here, you're a guest, you've never been here before, they've never seen you before, and you walk, how many know that would be a bad experience? You walk into church, they've never seen you before, they start screaming, stranger danger, they're raising the knee and running, people are on the floor in pain, and they're screaming and running, don't talk to the strangers. Listen, understanding is information. Wisdom is knowing the right time to use it. We've never had more information, but I believe we've never also had less wisdom. This is a generation we have more information we've ever had but yet we can't get our teenagers to stop eating Tide Pods. Like think about this. We've never had more information, but we've got to sit down with teenagers and go, don't eat laundry detergent. <laughs> Have you seen this on the news? We've never had more information, but we lack wisdom. I think it's interesting today, I believe the book of Proverbs is not just information, it's wisdom. We need wisdom in our lives, in our marriages, in our churches, in our purity, in our singleness. Come on, somebody. And I believe God wants us, the Bible says, get wisdom and understanding. I believe get degrees. I believe in education. I believe in information. But I also believe in wisdom is knowing when to use it, how to use it, what God wants to do with your life. Timing is everything. The right thing at the wrong time is wrong. My kids can learn how to drive, but how many know they can do the right thing? At 14 years of age, is the wrong time, and it's wrong. The right thing at the wrong time. I believe wisdom is knowing when to use information. Today, we're going to talk about our first one today. We're going to talk about in this uh, Faith Hacks series, is we're going to be talking about relationships. Look at your neighbor and say, relationships. Relationships are everything, aren't they? Think about this. Everything in your life, the best moment in your life right now, and the worst moment in your life right now. The thing that you're struggling with the most, the thing that you're celebrating the most. Your best memory and your worst memory has a face attached to it. Isn't that the truth? Whatever bothered you last night when you went to bed, odds are it's tied to a face. You're like, and that's finances. No, there's a face of a boss you're thinking, should it give you a promotion, but you don't understand why they're choosing someone else. Maybe it's it, it, it's inside of a marriage or maybe with your children. Maybe last night you were waiting for your teenager to come home and they weren't home on time and you're dealing with attitudes and. And even the best things in life, the best memories aren't an iPad or a new phone or a new car. The best memories are that vacation where we laughed and, man, we had adventure on the weekend. We went to that soccer game and we went and i seen some of our team even driving jet skis and four-wheelers and people going to uh, camping and on vacations. People are everything in your life. I think one of the keys is the Bible says to a healthy life is healthy relationships. So much of the Bible, so much of Proverbs unpacks relationships. You can have the right finances, the right job, but if your relationships are a mess, your life will be a mess. We are in this together. We are meant to do life together, but so many people don't have their relationships worked out. Isn't it interesting you need a test to get a license for a car? You need to go through a test and certification to be able to own a firearm, but there's no tests or requirements to go get married. How many know a messed up marriage can mess up your life? Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand. I'm afraid right now. I'm just, I don't want anybody to know. what. Listen, relationships are so important. And the blessings that many of us are missing out on, the moments of pure joy and satisfaction and, and encouragement comes within relationships. The blessing God wants to get to you and through you is always through a face. I've rarely seen a blessing in my life come through a, just a random knock on the door and something there, or just, it's always somewhere. The faces are the vehicle that God tra- travels through. People are the vehicle that God uses. Relationships are so important. Today, in this first uh, session in our faith hacks, we want to talk about relationships and how important they are today. Uh, we got to take, take back some definitions. Have you realized that definitions have changed over the years? Remember when you were growing up, the word sick meant that you were actually sick, you had a fever? Then in the 2000s, it changed to being really cool. Like, that is sick, right? You ever listen to Nicole, Nicole Victory when she preaches, she always uses man, that's sick, right? And some of you, if you don't know that the definition has changed, you're like, man, someone has a fever up here. But if you're a new and if you were around in the 2000s, you know she is bragging on something. Like, that band is sick. Some of you are thinking the band is sick. We have to quarantine them. We changed to, I remember in the 2000s, man, they changed the word fat to P-H-A-T. Do you remember when this changed? I was so confused. Man, man, I, w- I remember being single, man. That girl is sick and fat. I'm like, okay, she needs a doctor and a diet. No, you don't understand. She is all, I'm like, I don't understand. I'm confused. My kids have this word they use, triggered. Oh, no. Somebody's like, what are you talking about? Triggered. They, my, my daughter's like, man, I'm just so triggered right now. I'm like, okay, I got to figure out what this means. But I can't tell them I don't know. I got to wait around long enough because I'm the cool dad. Some of you don't realize that. I'm in denial. I'm the cool dad. And I'm like, okay, triggered. I'm going to figure that out. See, if you're over 50, Trigger was Roy Rogers' horse. <laughs> Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, because you're under 50. Was it Dale Evans and Roy Rogers? I met, see, I'm dating myself right now. I know what you're thinking. How does, trigger was a horse. If you're over 30, Trigger is what Rambo used to get payback. Remember Rambo and Bruce Willis? yippity yay yay Come on, somebody. Like... Trigger. If you're young today, triggered means where's Josh at? He's embarrassed right now. He's, triggered means you're upset by something. You're ticked off. That really upsets. I don't know why they don't say that upsets me, but they say, man, I'm just I'm so triggered right now. Man, I put my hairdryer on my shirt to iron it and it burned a hole in it. I'm so triggered right now. Man, that cord on my eye on my, on my laptop, it just keeps getting in the way. I wish I had a hairdryer. But I blew it out by ironing my shirt. I'm so triggered right now. You know, we have to take back some definitions. One is the word friends. That has changed. I remember the day. I remember the day. And some of you, Roy Roger fans, remember the day when you could do business deals on a handshake. Now, people said they're a friend. It means that you're, they're your friend. And friends means that you would, you, know, you, you do life together. You die together. You if, you, if something happened to you, they look after your kids and your spouse and your word was your bond and there's no need for contracts and, 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 and amendments. It was a pfft, shake on it. I'm going to hold to my word. Friends. Facebook, I blame for a lot of changing friends. Friend requests. It's so awkward. Isn't it? You get a friend request and then they don't reply? Have, you've seen that happen? Friend requests. just Deny the friend request and... It's changed the definition of friends. And a friend of mine uh, on our team said, man, I remember the day I got rid of Facebook for a while. He's like, I had a friend on Facebook. And I saw all his posts. He saw all mine. And we're at a second cup. I was there getting a coffee. And he walked by me within inches of me. We both looked at each other. We both recognized each other. And neither of us talked to each other. He realized we were Facebook friends, not real friends. It's changed. it. We had to take back the definition of friendship and relationships, and the world wants to water it down. We've confused love and lust. We think, man, someone loves somebody. No, they just lust after somebody. And we've we, we've changed things. And now we we it's no longer commitment. It's no longer uh, uh, you can depend on. And we have to take back definitions. And. No matter if you're over 50, over 30, or you're a teenager today, we need to redefine relationships as the Bible says, not just casual friendships that as long as you add to my social fame, as long as you're around and can like what I post, that's not friends. Those are followers. There's a world of difference in that statement. Friends are people you do life with, you can count on, whether they're far away or close. And the Bible speaks to relationships. Today we want to talk about relationships. I want to break it down to four different types of relationships. Went through the book of Proverbs. I'll be honest, I was so overwhelmed. And our research team and our preaching team, there's so much in here that we could spend a year just going through the book of Proverbs. I want to give you a rest today. We're not. But well, there's so much in there, but I wanted to break it down to four different types of relationships that I live by. I talk, about, I talk this way. My team knows I talk this way. My wife knows. Nancy's in Newfoundland visiting her family this weekend, having a great time. And um, the, the polar bears and the snowcaps have moved back for a week, and she's there. And she's going to come back speaking their language. I'm not going to understand her, so pray for me. Comes back from Newfoundland. But, uh, but my wife knows I talk this way. Let's break down to four categories today from the book of Proverbs, talking about friends and relationships in our faith acts Today Home with Relationships, I believe God's gonna to speak to you today and talk to you how he wants to help you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for every person that's here. God, our goal today is to live not according to culture, but to your word and your plan. God, I thank you that you're cheering us on. You're not condemning us. You're not judging us. You are helping us. And God, we wanna to grow today in our relationships, that they would honor you, that we would be a benefit and a blessing. Father, I pray for everyone at the sound of my voice, that today they would hear your voice. They'd leave for more in love with you, and more passionate about you. Father, thank you for the anointing to preach. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the friends we have here. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. First one I we'll wanna talk about is addition. Now, I'm not a math guy. I, I don't even think God likes math. Come on, somebody. Like, yeah. like if you give me math, just I'd rather go outside and light myself on fire. Like, I, like math, I, I, something happens in my brain where it says, nope, you don't need this. We have calculators and Google, I don't need math, right? But I believe relationships, I break them down into a couple categories. The first one is addition. Every relationship you have can fit into a category, and I think some of them fit under addition. These are people that add to your life. Not everybody does. But these people add to your life. Let me break some Proverbs out so we can learn from the book of Proverbs today in this first in this, in, in this series. Proverbs 27, 17. Says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. People that fit under this category, friends that add to your life, they make you better. The Bible says, friends that are real friends, that are an addition to your life, they sharpen you. That when you're around them, you ever try to sharpen a knife on a piece of wood, it only gets dull. If you want to sharpen something of steel, you got to sharpen it with. Steel. My father, before he ever carved turkey at Christmas or on a holiday, he'd always take out that big thing in the drawer of steel, take out the big knife and start going back and forth. He was sharpening it before he went into action. Real friends sharpen you for the purpose in your life. Real friends that are addition to your life always make you better. Listen, when you leave their presence, you feel better about your life and you feel more able to take on the purpose God's made for you. I have some friends in my life. When I leave them, I want to be a better father than when I walked in. I see the way they are their kids going, you know what? I need to be a better father. I need to be a better husband. I want to read my Bible more. I walk away not feeling condemned, not feeling like I'm comparing, but I walk away stirred up. I walk away going, I am sharper today. My speech is sharper. My thoughts are sharper. My finances are sharper. I walk away more ready for the assignment on my life. That's what friends that add to your life do. How many of got some friends like that in your life? You're around them and you just feel like, you know what? I can do this. I just spent an hour with you. I'm recharged. I'm sharpened up. Because you can lose your edge. You get beaten down. You know, we we live on the ocean. You always see a smooth rock. A smooth rock got beaten down by the waves of life. I believe we need a sharp edge on the cutting edge. I believe God wants us to be sharp. Sharp in business. Sharp in education. Sharp in relationship. Not sharp to cut somebody, but sharp to be effective in what God's called us to do. Real friends that add to your life. You leave always feeling better about your life, and always feeling motivated to be a better version of yourself. That's friends. That's not a follow on Facebook. Not a follow, not a mention. It's more than that. It's more than that. God does have a plan, but his plan is for relationships that add to your life. Kiki may not love you, but Jesus does. (laughs) If you're under 30, you got that. The rest of you just hang on to Roy Rogers. We'll go back there. All right. Proverbs, Proverbs 27, 10. Never abandon a friend either yours or your father's, when disaster strikes. You won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than a brother who lives far away. I first read that verse, I thought, what does that mean? It's better to go to a neighbor than a brother who lives far away. Here's what I've realized. Friends are not only in your circle, they're in your corner. I've never lived in a generation of time when we've had a bigger circle. When I grew up, you only had influence on your street. Maybe in your school, maybe in your church. I was known as the guy with the great slap shot in ball hockey on Cabot Crescent. I had influence. That was my circle, my street, my school. Now our circle is global. My son has influence around the world. Your teens have influence around the world. We have global influence. Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. We have global. Our circle is never larger. But you know what's better than having someone in your circle around the other side of the world, a brother or a sister, someone that you once knew, maybe someone you once dated or someone that you once had a business with or somebody you went to school with, is having someone in your life every single day that's in your corner. Real friends add to your life, which means they're involved in your life. And we confuse. People think, I got lots of friends. No, you have people in your life that you don't see once a year. But I believe real friends that add to your life are in your life. They're only in your circle of influence. They're in your corner. I've been blessed to be able to travel, and some of you have the same, and I have great friends all over the world, but can I tell you, I can't live off my circle of influence. I need to live off of people in my corner daily. Rather than wait for a brother to return from the other side of the country or the world once a year, people that I was a brother with years ago, I'd rather count on a friend that's in my corner every week. My closest friends are in this room. They're in my corner. And I believe so many times we put off friendships going out. I got friends, they live in this country. I see them, we're, we're friends online. Or we, we, Listen, I believe there's a difference between being in your circle and being in your corner. Some people are in your circle of influence, but they don't get your corner in a fight or in a blessing. I believe real friends are in your corner. They're in your life every day. I honestly believe that. The second group today that every relationship can fit under is subtraction. Subtraction. These are people in your life that only take from you. I know none of you have any of those people in your life. The people that take from your life. Proverbs 25, 19 says this. It says, putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. Don't you love the Bible and the language it uses? Like, I read that. I'm in pain reading that. You don't realize how important your teeth are until you break one. You know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, that, that little ache, just, it bothers you. Was it mad a couple years ago? You had a toothache, and you were, just, you were cranky. You were cantankerous. Were you married then? No, you, good, you wouldn't have been married, because you were so miserable. Every time I saw him, I'm like, go to the doctor. He's like, yeah, I will. It just bothered him. You know, it says it's like a sore tooth or a lame foot. You know what that tells me? A person that takes from your life, you can't lean on them. You can't you ever try to lean on a sprained foot or a broken foot. You ever try to lean? You ever try to put some pressure on a tooth that's achy? There are some people in your life, you know you can't lean on them. You know you can't. Some of you are dealing with disappointment because you're trying to depend on takers. Some people in your life, you go, man, they're just not there for me. I, I, they, they said they're going to be there to help me. They said I could. You, you called them on a night. I just need to talk to you. And all they do is let me tell you about my week. You ever have somebody that always has a worse week than you? You're like, I was in a nuclear disaster, I was in a submarine that sank, uh, attacked by a killer kangaroo. Like, oh yeah? Let me tell you about my week. You know, it's like, you ever meet that person, the one-upper? They're always like, if you had a bad week, theirs was always worse. Some of you are trying to rely on people, depend on people, and lean on people that are only takers. If you lean on something that takes, You fall. You lean on something that's not stable, you fall. It's like trying to put pressure on a broken leg or chew on a broken tooth. And some of you are wondering why there's pain in your life is you're trying to uh, depend on and lean on people that are just takers. Is this too much truth for a Sunday morning? (laughs) Healthy relationships. God wants you to know you have people that add to your life and there are people in your life that take from you. They're takers. They're just takers. Proverbs 25, 17, it says, don't visit your neighbors too often or you'll wear out your welcome. What does that mean? You ever have that neighbor that borrows something and never brings it back? It might be a neighbor in church. Can I borrow that pen? It might be that that neighbor that borrows your charger for your phone. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I need to borrow your charger. And you never see that charger ever again. We lose chargers in my house. My kids are takers of iPhone chargers. They subtract them. I give them to my kids and I never see them again. People that come and borrow that tools from your house and you never see them again? Neighbors, a take. You know, I'm reading this scripture and I'm thinking about it, and here's the question I have today. The Bible is, is warning us to check your bank account of relationships. Every relationship is an account. You withdraw and you deposit in every relationship. And what the Bible's saying in this verse is: it says, don't visit your neighbors too often or you're welcome. It's saying, hey, check your relationship account today. Are, are you putting more in than you're taking out, or are you overdrawn? And so many times as a neighbor, you visit too much. Like I need to borrow some salt. I need to borrow supper. I need to borrow your tools. I need to borrow your car. And you are overdrawn. And eventually, people will actually be despised by you. People actually start to pull away from you. So here's the question today. Are you a subtractor? Are you a negative person? Because it's interesting when you preach, it's always like, oh, I hope they're listening to this today. You ever have that moment? Uh, I'm so glad they're here today. This is the one Sunday they came. I'm so glad. I hope. But do you ever go, what about me in this moment? I have a, I have a confession. Last week, I'm on the front row. Last, today was so good. Every week, so good. Last week, I'm sitting there, and I, and I felt like the service was dead last week. And Nancy went home going, that service was awesome. Christian was like, the team was awesome. Joel giving our kids ministry, was like, that service was awesome. like, I wasn't feeling it. And I thought, everybody, I thought man, that was a tough service. And I realized the problem wasn't the service. The problem was me. I was distracted. I was trying to finish my sermon. I would preached 12 times that week in Houston, and my mind was in the game. And I realized the problem wasn't everyone else. At some point, I had to go, you know what? I think I missed a moment. Because everyone talked about how good it was last week, and it was. Sometimes when you're, when, when you're hearing this stuff, you have to ask yourself, Am, is this me? So how do you know if you're a subtractor? How do you know if you're a, a negative Nelly? I wasn't say negative Nancy, because that would be... Trouble for me because my wife <coughs> listens to these messages when she's not here. Here's how you know if you're a subtractor, maybe you can spot people in your life that are a subtractor. You only call or text or reach out when you need something. Hey, we were building this church last year, and where's Doretta at? I'm going to point you out today. Oh dear. <laughs> I text Doretta one day, just said, Hey, did you have a good week? And she came back with, Pastor Mike, I think you text the wrong person. I looked at the text message, and I was like, No. It was, I meant it to She's like, oh, oh yeah, no, I had a great week. Because I realized she's used to me only texting her when I needed something. Hey, uh, can you pray for this prayer request? Um, can we use your house for a meeting? Can, um, is there any way you can follow up with that person? Because she's a huge, and her and her husband are huge players in our church. And, a huge, and I realized at that moment, I was becoming a subtractor from her life, not an addition. Listen, sometimes you only text people when you need something. You only call them when you remember that they can help you. You ever those people that you know when you get a text, you're like, oh, man. Some people text you, you're like, okay, it's going to be a party. What are we doing? Other people text you, you're like, I wish I'm not even going to look at that right now because you know they want something. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you, when you text somebody, call somebody to reach out is always when you want something. Here's how you know if maybe you're a subtractor. Do you only think about your friend, do you ever think about your friends and their welfare, their finances, their relationships? Do you ever ask yourself, I wonder if they had a good week? Some people are so self-absorbed that they're takers all the time. It's a good habit to say, think of people in your life and go, how was their life? Put your, put your, your, your feet in their shoes. I wonder how their week was. I wonder how their, do they have enough gas money in their car? I wonder if their fridge is full. I wonder if how their mental state is. I wonder if they're busy. I wonder if they had a great vacation. Man, how was that event? If you're never asking yourself about anybody else in your circle... How thinking about their week, their life, their finances, their health, you're probably a subtractor. Subtractors always take and never give. That's a subtractor. Here's what's cool. I've seen some subtractors become addition. I spent years in student ministry, and teenagers by nature are selfish. I've also realized adults by nature are selfish. But teenagers, they're, just not, they're not thinking about what goes in. And as a youth pastor, I remember some, some young adults even that just all about them. And then it's amazing. They can go from takers to some moments becoming beautiful givers of their life and their talents. This church actually is built on some of these young adults and youth that at one point were takers about, hey, take us here, take us there, buy us pizza, entertain us, come on, uh, help me in my, my faith and relationships. And now they're actually givers that have actually built this church. The front row is full of them. They built this church. It's amazing that you can see takers become givers over time, but takers, people in your life, there's some people in your life that all they do is subtract. So, so what do you do with these people? What do you do with these people? Proverbs 14, 21. It is a sin to belittle one's neighbor. Blessed are those who help the poor. Only want to let you know today, our life, our mission, is to help those that take from us. You minister to them. That's what ministry is. Jesus ministered to the crowd. It says he was exhausted. He recharged with the people that added to his life to recharge. Isn't it interesting? He influenced the crowd, but he hung out with the few. Jesus influenced the subtractors, but he hung out with the addition. I believe we're called to minister to people, give your lives to people, help people. You're not supposed to avoid people that subtract from you. You're supposed to bless them with your life. You're supposed to give them. The Bible says, uh, it's a sin to belittle one's neighbor. Blessed are those who help the poor. Some people are poor financially, but some are poor relationally. Some are poor mentally and spiritually. Some are poor in other ways. And I believe we can minister. That's why we're a church believing. We're called the minister of the city. That are poor in their knowledge and experience of God. Some people have a poor experience of God. They don't know. They think God is angry. They think church is boring. They think Christians are are a certain type of people. And we want to give them the truth of what the Bible says and who God is and who his church is. We want to pour out. And we can see subtractors become addition and go, no, no, this is the God that blesses me. And God starts to help them. But what do you do with those subtract from your life? You reach them. You can minister to them. You don't depend on them, but you serve them. Jesus did that for us, didn't he? Well, we were still a long way off and takers. Jesus died for us and gave his life for us. We were takers and God gave to us and we are little Christ. We are Christians. Our mandate, our call is to give our lives away. If you're around a lot of takers, you're in ministry. You can't depend on them, but you can serve them. We believe we can serve our city. We can serve people, serve relationships, serve people that are around us in our life and pour out what God's given us to them. That's what you do with subtractors called the minister to them. There's other people in your life, another category called multipliers. Multipliers. These are people who make you better in a huge way. Doesn't add up how better you are because of them. Addition, one plus one equals, but multiplication, two times two equals, it would also equal if you added it too, wouldn't it? (laughs) Two times ten equals, it doesn't add up. There are people in your life that God brings into your life. They're not just addition. I got friends that I'm around. It makes sense. Man, you know, their skill and my hard work, and we can build that patio, and, you know, their advice and my experience, and I can get through. So then there's some people that they don't even fit in addition or subtraction, they're multipliers. These are usually mentors in your life, leaders in your life, people with some experience in your life. When you're around them, it doesn't add up. You get so multiplied. It's like those speeding sidewalks in an airport. Like you're going faster than you should. You're in a place you don't belong. It's like you can't get to where you could on your own when you're around this person. They just, it's like a fast pass. They speed you up. People in your life, multipliers. Proverbs 11:14. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Nations fall. Kingdoms fall. Families fall. Many advisors. What do multipliers do? They keep you from ruin in a shaky world. There's some multipliers you need in your life. There's some multipliers in this church. People that when you're around, you just get a significantly multiplication on your life better in every area of your life. Opportunities you don't deserve. You didn't train for. You haven't studied for. You're not good enough for. Jobs you don't deserve opportunities you don't deserve, but when they come into your life, they set you at a trajectory for greatness. That is what multipliers do. And in a shaky world, their advice and their help keep you from ruin. They say things like, you know, in my experience, I wouldn't do that if I was you. They say things like, I believe this is the right move for you. If you do this, it'll launch you to the next season. Their lives are steady and they steady yours in uncertain times. That's what multipliers do. I'm so thankful I have multipliers in my life. Proverbs 24, 6. So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. What do multipliers do in your life? They give you wins. They give you wins. You don't earn them. It doesn't add up. They actually hand you a win. They fought some battles before you knew how to even fight. They've won some battles before you ever knew there was a war. And they advise you and they give you a win. Romantic relationships. Some of you need to have a multiplying kind of relationship, a multiplying kind of health in your marriage. You want to be around someone that has some wins in their marriage. Don't take marriage advice from someone who's single. Don't take parenting advice from someone who has no kids. Don't take budget advice from someone with no bills. It's easy to do a budget without bills, isn't it? I had a lot of opinions on parenting until I became a parent. But there's some people in my life that have been through some storms of life, and they've learned how to navigate, and they're in their 50s and 60s, and in my 30s they go, hey, here's what you need to focus on. Make sure you love your wife this way. Make sure you you spend time with this priority. And their advice helped me from ruin in really tough seasons of life. Multipliers get you where you don't belong. That's what multipliers do. Proverbs 20, verse 5. The good advice lies deep within the heart of a person with understanding will draw it out. The good advice lies deep within the heart of a person with understanding will draw it out. what, What do X people do? The X factor, the multipliers. They draw good out of you when no one else saw it. Mentors that see potential that you didn't see in yourself. That's what mentors can do. That's what multipliers can do. They see it before you even see it. You're like, I didn't even see, that. I am where I am today because the people saw things in me that I didn't see. 15, speech impediment, full of religion, just going to church. I had great pastors and great youth pastors that believed in me and my parents and other people that said, no, I see something more in you. Have you ever thought about doing this? I'll never forget being 21 years of age. And this man named Blaine Griner from Seattle, I met him on a mission trip. He was in his late 50s at the time. I was 21. He said, hey, You should come out and preach to my youth ministry. We'll pay for your flight, and we'll pay you to come preach. Now, at 21 years of age, that was a massive deal. Go across the country and getting paid to preach. It had never happened before. I never saw myself as a preacher. I never saw myself as a traveling minister. I never saw that in my life. But somewhere in his mentoring and his multiplication, he had spent a life of launching people into areas they didn't see in themselves, and he saw me and goes, no, no, there's something in there you don't quite see. He started to draw it out. Can I tell you, you need to get some mentors in your life. There's some things in your life that God wants to draw out and put you in a place that you couldn't get to on your own. Your friends don't see it. They sharpen you, but they don't see it. Mentors get you in a place you don't see yourself. Blaine flew me out there, and I don't even know how much he paid me. Covered my flight. I preached. I didn't preach that great. I preached a sermon, Matt, on Samson and Delilah. I called him Sam. Sam was the man. Sam the man was the name of the series. name of that sermon, Sam the man. I thought it was cool and hip. But I think it triggered some people, you know, and uh, it was sick. Not in a good way. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Last week I was in Houston in a significant church of influence. I preached 12 times in a week. No big deal. I enjoyed it. Felt God's presence. It's amazing. At 43, I didn't get there if it wasn't for at 21. A man named Blaine, a multiplier in my life, stepped in and said, no, no, I see something more in your life and drew it out. There are mentors in this place. There are mentors in your life God wants to bring in to help draw the goodness of God out of you. Can someone say amen? Mentors. The last one, dividers. Make a great album cover, wouldn't it? For Ed Sheeran, dividers. These are people that are beyond takers. They are dividers. They create chaos and great loss. Dividers. Proverbs 6, 6, verse 16 starts with this. It says, there are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are attestable to him. It's like the author's going, there's six things God's hate. No, 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 no. actually there's seven, because one of them is so bad, I can't believe I forgot that. There's six things God hates. No, there are seven. Then it goes down and says what it is, number 19. A false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. There are some people in your life that fit in the category of division. What does God actually say? God says he actually hates the motives and the actions of these people. Can we get real talk in church? Some of you have some people in your life that are doing nothing but dividing in your life, causing chaos, causing loss. Proverbs 18, 24, there are friends, friends in quotation, I like that. Even God's like, friends. Even, even the author, Solomon's like, you know. I know there's gonna be a season of Facebook. These friends. The author says that, you see that? There are friends. Like, like, I swear he was doing air quotes as he was writing this. Write that down, put the air quotes for me because come on, like, you know, they are hardworking. You know, they are awesome. You know, they are friends. These friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. A real friend. These are people that destroy your peace, your unity, your friendships. You have some of these people you've come across. I've seen them over and over in time. When they come into your life, they bring destruction to your peace. You're agitated all the time. Relationships that were healthy in addition Sometimes friends can be subtractors. Sometimes they're addition. And all of a sudden, these dividers come in, and all of a sudden, you're not friends with them anymore. All of a sudden, they build camps. Did you hear what they said? Did you hear what he said? And all of a sudden, there's chaos in your community. All of a sudden, there's, there's no peace. These are dividers. The Bible says God actually hates it. God doesn't hate a lot of things, but he hates that. They call drama all the time. They, they, they start off with, did you hear? Did you hear about? They think, they, they, they think that they are friends but they're actually dividers. They stir up chaos. So what do you do with those in your life that are dividers? Proverbs twenty-two ten. 10. The book of Proverbs speaks to us again today. It says, it says divide. It says, throw out the mocker and fighting goes too. Quarrels and insults will disappear. Do you see that? It says throw out the mocker. Some of you need to throw some people out of your life. There's a people on your phone needing to block their number on your phone. When they walk into your life, your purity walks out. Young people, listen to me. Some people you need to block. If you don't know how to do it, I can show you how to block on your phone. Some need to unfriend some people. Because when they come into your life, it, it creates chaos of comparison. And, and you're unsettled and you're unsatisfied. There's some people that cause drama. You know what I do a drama? I starve it. I starve it. I throw it out. You, I'm not feeding you with my life anymore. There's been times in my life where people want to cause drama. And I just, you know, I'm going to starve them. I'm going to kill them with kindness and starve them with silence. Just starve them. Don't give them No fuel. Starve them. What do you do with these people? The Bible says throw them out. Some of you have been trying to reach people that you should be removing. Some of you are exhausted because some people you've been trying to reach, when God says you got to remove them. Loving people doesn't mean you can reach everyone. Some of you are so tired and so exhausted, you can't be in addition to your friends. You can't minister to those that are, 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 are there. You're called to minister. There's people you're supposed to call into. My kids are subtractors. I feed them. I clothe them. But you know what's amazing? They're now turning into addition. They now add to our life. Memories and blessings. My son started mowing the lawn. Thank you, Jesus, this year. He's adding to my life. There's the people you're supposed to pour into. But some of you are so busy dealing with people that you're supposed to remove. Huge part of our community is healthy relationships. You focus on the addition. You minister to the subtraction. You desire the multipliers, and you avoid the dividers. I'll say that again. You focus on the addition. Can I encourage you? Find someone to recharge with that adds to your life. You minister. Pour out to those that subtract from your life. Give them what you have. Bless them. Help them. They're in need. Emotionally, relationally, financially, physically. Bless them. Help somebody. Desire mentors in your life. I have mentors in this room that help me. There's mentors here to help you. Part of my calling at this stage in life is to be a mentor and a multiplier, to give opportunities and wisdom and whatever I've learned to help someone else go to another level and then avoid, avoid the dividers. All over this place today, can we stand to our feet as we close? I wanna pray for you today. I believe as our relationships get healthy, our community gets healthy. As our community gets healthy, we're able to reach a city. Some of you need to deal with some relationships. Can I encourage you over this next series, read some Proverbs every day. Start looking at your life going, where do I need to focus on some addition in my life? Where do I need to move from being a subtractor to my friends and my family and actually add some value to this relationship? Maybe God's put some mentors in your life You you to start listening to their advice about your finances, your marriage, your spiritual life. And there's some people that are causing chaos. They do nothing but destroy your peace. You just need to remove them. You don't need to fight them, you just remove them. Go, no, no, I'm not giving you space or time. There's chaos. And watch what God does in your life with these faith hacks on relationships. And as you get healthy, the community gets healthy. As the community gets healthy, we start to reach a city a city gets healthy. As a city gets healthy, we can affect our nation. In generations, we'll see what God will do when we start to understand the Bible. It's not just a book. It's a manual for health and influence, amen? Let me pray for you today as we sing this last song. God, I thank you for those under the sound of my voice. God, I thank you for the friendships that are not only in our circle of influence, but they're in our corner of friendship today. Father, I thank you for people that you've placed here Father, I pray today you would help us with wisdom. I pray for healthy marriages today. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom and health. That Father, you would help us be patient and to be kindness. And God, we would pour into, we would serve each other in relationships. Father, I thank you for mentors in this place. Father, I thank you that you've called us to help the next generation. Help those that, that don't have help. That God, you're going to give us opportunities. Jobs we don't deserve. Opportunities we didn't see coming. Talents unearthed that maybe we didn't even recognize. God, I pray there be a health in every area of our lives. God, you're the God of relationships. And God, I pray you'd help us in ours. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on, let's-